Good morning. This is Jaffe Lee, Public Information Officer and Preparedness Planner for the Florida Department of Health, and this is Flagler Health Matters. We're coming to you today from the WNZF studio at the Emergency Operations Center. We are remote today. My guest is Bob Pickering, otherwise known as BP. BP, the Emergency Management Specialist for Flagler County Emergency Management. But honestly, you wear so many different hats, BP, and I really consider you a Flagler County historian of <laughs> sorts, sir. Well, hello, everyone, and, uh, and good day, everybody, and uh, good to be on the show. And uh, yeah, I've lived here. I'm originally from Massachusetts. I've lived here since 1980, and so I, I, I've got a little bit of history for sure. Yes, you do, and a really great memory, too. So um, I'm here with you today. We're going to talk about the weather. We're going to talk about a few different things, this emergency preparedness guide that is new to 2023, but now we're in 2024, so it's even better. It's uh, got a lot of great information about emergencies and weather. So I want to start off by asking, specific to forecasting the weather, Yes. What tools do you use to forecast the weather and how do you get your knowledge to date? Yeah, well, what we're doing is here in emergency management, we are relaying a lot what the National Weather Service puts out. And so and anybody can actually access this information. We generally, especially if there is a more significant weather event expected, uh, we generally, you know, communicate with the National Weather Service. They give us special briefings. They interpret all the information to us that we in turn kind of you know, make it Flagler centric, if you will, where it applies specifically to Flagler County from the information we got from the National Weather Service. And folks can go to the National Weather Service website out of Jacksonville. They they are the ones that handle all of our forecasting, all of our warnings, all that stuff. And you can get there by going to weather.gov slash jacks. That's J-A-X, weather.gov slash jacks. Uh, you can pick up their broadcast by having a weather alert radio. And I'll talk a little bit more about warning systems a little bit further on in the show, but that's a good resource there for getting weather warnings and staying informed on the weather that's not internet-based. So uh, that's generally how we do it. And uh, those weather forecasts that you see up on our social media posts almost every day, again, we're taking the Flagler County-specific information and interpreting that and making it available for public. And it's no hype, which I think is wonderful. It's all based on information coming from sources that are reliable. Yes, correct. And so what we do is we, we, we just basically tell it as it is. We don't add any sensationalism to it um, because if, if something really, really big does come down the line and we say something big's coming down the line, we want folks to understand that, that that's potential. The other thing with weather, too, is that things are always changing and evolving and, also, and so forth. So when there are forecasts out for so-and-so this and those conditions and these conditions, uh, it's important to stay informed even, you know, between the information we put out because uh, – that forecast, you know, gets fine-tuned, especially as we get closer to, you know, whatever's coming. I am finding that more and more people are really paying attention to the weather as it's changing. We see all these different types of weather coming through at different times of the year. Yes. Um, and so let's talk about the winter weather in Florida. What are we looking at in terms of weather that could potentially dangerous through the winter months here in Northeast Florida? Well, the, the one thing I would like to press upon is that in Florida, tornado season is all year round. Now, we have an extra bonus this year. We actually have a condition known as El Nino. Now, the very layman's version of El Nino is that it's an abnormal warming of the ocean in the, in the uh, 
Eastern Pacific, that basically changes the worldwide weather pattern a little bit. And its local effects here in Flagler County is that the storm track, the, the main route that storms typically follow. The, no, I'm not talking about little thunderstorms. I'm talking about the large-scale storm systems. That track is further to the south. So the winds and the upper-level things in the atmosphere that help produce stronger severe thunderstorms is a little bit more prevalent during an El Nino year. So that's why, you know, we've been, you know, folks have been, why has it been raining so much and, you know, this winter? That is a sign of an El Nino winter because storm systems are much further south. So they develop over the Gulf of Mexico or north of the Gulf of Mexico and travel either across Florida or north of Florida. And those storms repetitively, you know, there's one, then there's another one, there's another one. And uh, that's, uh, you know, the one good thing about that, it does keep our rainfall numbers up. It decreases the risk of wildfire, especially as we go later on into the you know, winter and spring and summer. But at the same time, with those passing storm systems, some of them are pretty benign, just gives us rain. Some of them can give us some heavy rain like we had in December, but also some of them can carry risk of severe weather um, potential. And that's one of the things, especially as we get into the latter part of the winter and getting to early spring, you know, we have a history of significant severe weather events associated with El Nino in Florida, where large tornadoes have occurred and very strong severe thunderstorms have occurred that have caused hail and wind damage and, and stuff like that. Um, it doesn't mean that every El Nino is going to produce that, but when you go back and look at history, when these events have occurred, when you look at the 1998 tornado outbreak, which is the deadliest outbreak in the state's history, that was during the El Nino year. When you go look at the Groundhog Day tornadoes in 2007, that was during an El Nino year. So you can kind of see this pattern where these events have occurred when we've had an El Nino. But again, an El Nino does not guarantee that you're going to have these tremendous outbreaks but it means that those odds are higher. And that's why folks, you know, should stay informed with the weather. You know, we're out of hurricane season, but we still have these storm systems to deal with. That's right. You know, we think in Florida, well, it's not hurricane season. So if we see a big thunderstorm coming, it may just be, you know, a little light wind and rain. But actually, it can be so much more. So with El Nino, how long does the El Nino pattern last? Now, that is variable and El Nino is a phenomenon that's only been actually discovered in the last 30 to 40 years. So this is not a this is not a weather phenomenon that's been known to science for a very very long time. You look at the big scale of things. So there's still a lot of things we're learning, but uh, typically El Nino lasts for a certain spell of time. It could be months, it could be a year. This El Nino condition has been kind of going on since the summer. And matter of fact, uh, you know, we're talking about severe weather in El Nino. Look at in October, we had a tornado, an EF2 tornado. There's only been two tornadoes that strong that have occurred in Flagler County. The last one was in 1983 in November. And then, of course, we had the one in October, just this past October. But that is typical of an El Nino storm system where we have a larger storm system come out of the Gulf of Mexico. And if the center of the low pressure system passes to our north, it puts us in that window for severe weather, and that's exactly what happened there. But uh, this El Nino right now that we're in, it's forecast to begin to fade away at the end of the spring and maybe transition into a neutral phase towards like late spring or early summer, somewhere around there. Being on the coast here in Flagler County, does that play a role at all specific to El Nino that's different for maybe in the center of the state? 
Uh, it's hard to argue that because he's, um, it just depends on the type of storm system we're getting. Because if we get a storm system where the low pressure passes the center of it, it passes to our south, and we got a lot of onshore wind, that um, you know keeps us out of the severe weather risk. But it could increase the risk of a nor'easter. Um, and coastal locations can you know typically feel more effect from that than the inland locations do. So I want to just reference here the Emergency Preparedness Guide, yes. Ready, Set, Prepare. And one thing that I really appreciate about this guide, and it can be found in Flagler County offices throughout Flagler County, it can be found online, Absolutely. are that these pictures are specific to Flagler County. Yes, they are. And um, maybe outside of just one or two, but all of those are Flagler County specific photos, images that were captured in Flagler County. And I think there's like one in there that might not be but all the other ones are and uh and so those those are events and incidents that have actually occurred here in flagler county and i encourage everyone to have access to that disaster guide you can get it online at flaglercounty.gov slash emergency it's also the paper copies of it have been distributed pretty widely around flagler county you can always come by the emergency operations center and pick one up. Um, and the other key thing I would like to talk about, too, is not just the preparedness guide, but also warning systems. And especially with the El Nino year, when, you, when I go back and talk about those tornado outbreaks, there's one common theme they all had, including the one that happened in October, is they happened at night. And so I encourage everyone, if you haven't done it yet, to sign up for Alert Flagler. It is free, free, free. You go to flaglercounty.gov slash alert flagler, or even just Google Alert Flagler, and you can sign up and you can choose what types of warnings you want to get notified of. And then if a tornado warning is issued in the wee hours, it'll, you know, they'll call you on the phone and it'll alert you and wake you up to that. But again, this is also why I encourage folks to have multiple ways to get warnings. Have Alert Flagler. Sign up on Alert Flagler. Download a weather app on your phone that will sound an alert when there is a warning. Um, now, your smartphones are all in the emergency alert system and they will automatically alarm for high-end weather warnings like a tornado warning. Flash flood warnings, tsunami warnings, stuff like that. Now, um, but the lower end warnings, which is typically severe thunderstorms, they won't alarm unless you have an app or something for that. But Alert Flagler, an app on your smartphone, and again, they're old school, but they're reliable and they're good technology, is the Weather Alert Radio. And you can program it just for Flagler County, and it will stay silent unless you push the weather button to find out what's going on or unless there is a warning that triggers that device. Yes, you have spoken about that before, and I yes. think that's really important because you can't always rely on um, social media for the correct information, um, but something that you can control within your home that's specific to weather and the alerts needed would be great. Yes, and the weather radio, it comes with, you can put batteries in it, so if you have a power power cut or a power failure it'll it'll still operate and uh, you know it doesn't you know again it's why it's good good to have three at least three different ways to get your warnings multiple ways to get warnings in the event that there's a system failure with one of them however unlikely that is but it's also also important to know what to do and since we're talking about tornadoes here the best advice if there's a tornado warning and keep in mind that florida tornadoes can be 
blindingly fast. They can be very fast. Some of them can move upwards at 50, 60 miles per hour. So you're not going to be like looking for the tornado like you see in the movies or anything like that. It could be on top of you before you realize it. So when that tornado warning is issued, you want to head for the small interior room of your house, whatever that is, a closet. If you've got, you know, if you get in a bathroom, if you've got a skylight, don't worry about the skylight. But um, if in a small interior room, there's many walls between you and the outside, or a small closet or something like that that you can get. If you've got a closet on an, you know, that is on, on an outside wall, you know, Florida houses are overall are built pretty tough, but the, that's what you want to do. And that's where you want to get if there's a tornado warning issued. If you're in a mobile manufactured home, uh, again, they're not really built to withstand stronger winds. If you have, if you have, plenty of time if, if there's a, a day where there's a high risk of severe weather maybe consider staying somewhere else for that day a hotel or something but um, if you only have little time to react with most warnings you typically don't have a lot of time uh, if you can't get to a more substantial building you know a small room in that mobile home or something like that's going to be your best bet um, or even like a ditch outside or something uh, of that you know something like that bp i want to ask you BP's top three most essential items to have on hand at all times specific to weather-related issues. What would you recommend? I would recommend, again, uh, having a weather radio, having a um, – and, of course, that's that's an item, so we're talking items here. Mm-hmm. And having a communications device like uh, your cell phone or something like that that can be signed up to alert flag on these apps. And also a flashlight with good working batteries because that's one of the things that can happen is it can be power disruptions and then you're fumbling around in the dark. Yeah, several probably, right? Without in the house, yes. in the car, yes. and, and several, and with batteries. That's a great point. Yeah. And one of the things we did in our, you know, my wife and I live in an apartment. We actually have these little emergency lights stuck to the walls, and you just tap them and they turn on. So we have some of those. So if the power catches us off someplace, you just tap one of those and we got light. So I want to ask you about um, your personal experience because I'm surprised to know that specific to tornadoes there's been two f2s in flagler county in all history yes so the one that we had in october will you share a little bit on what your experience was and um and that tornado was a bit unique too because it spun up so quickly it actually evaded the warning systems that are in place even storm spotters reported it on the ground they and that's what they're supposed to do. That's what they're trained for. They immediately reported it to the National Weather Service. By the time that call was completed, the tornado was already done and it had dissipated. That's how quickly that tornado occurred. However, with that being said, the warning systems did do their job. There was a tornado watch issued that evening early on, and that tells folks, hey, possibility of tornadoes. There was then a severe thunderstorm warning issued that had language in there saying that tornadoes were possible. And uh, as that storm came through, um, and I live really close to where it hit, you know, it, it's like inside of uh, 30 seconds it was over, and uh, it just – Outside my apartment complex, it took down trees and stuff like that, but it wasn't as intense there as it was when it get into the B section. But um, what's interesting is when we went back and looked at the radar data and the National Weather Service, whenever something happens like that, they go back and analyze, okay, how did we miss this? They also found a second vortice, uh, and so we actually had two tornadoes that night, and the first one was the, the EF2 that went up into the B section, just 
coincidentally really close to where the the tornado happened, you know, back in 2013. But also um, there was a secondary one that hit up by um, Obimini uh, by 305 and Sarah 100, just clipped some trees there. And it also clipped a house um, near Painter's Hill. And so it was a very unusual event uh, on that regard that we had the two tornadoes. One of them being so strong and how quickly that thing spun up. I mean, because a radar does a sweep about every, about every three minutes or so. And then this thing did its thing within that. And like you said, Florida tornadoes can move very quickly. Yes. And there's a responsibility level for people to be aware of the weather warnings, like you said, as they're happening, because things can change so quickly. Oh, yes. And, and, and again, this is also why we always tell folks, if hazardous weather approaches your location, seek shelter right away. And so if you hear that roaring noise, if you hear that freight train coming and you're not near the Florida East Coast Railway, then something's up. It's time to take action right away because you might you have very little time to, to take that action. Talk to me a little bit about these uh, storm spotters. Yes, so we have a volunteer network of storm spotters that you know we and we have skywarn classes from time to time at the emergency operations center. We had one in October, and um, not too uh, you know not long after we had a tornado, ironically, but um, we have over a thousand people in Flagler County that have taken the storm spotter class, and they are trained spotters for the National Weather Service. So if they see something within the criteria they are trained to look for, they in turn report that to the National Weather Service so that way the Weather Service can issue earlier warnings. And there's been many times that they have actually reported things that the Weather Service wasn't seeing, which prompted them to issue a weather warning. There's been times that they've reported hail, which prompted the Weather Service to, oh, we better put a warning out for that storm. The weather radar that the National Weather Service has is some of the best in the world, but it's not bulletproof. There's still things that it can miss. That is such great information. And I know that that is an availability of um, an educational source here at the EM. You can get that training to be a storm, a storm spotter here in Flagler County, right? Yes. When we have the classes available, sometimes it's once or twice a year. With that being said, if you go to weather.gov slash jacks, the training schedule is there. So if we don't have a class immediately, there might be one locally within range that you can drive to. And they also have an online version you can take just the same. I want to ask um, BP, three top do not do's. You know, in Flagler County, growing up here my entire life, I can remember very specifically my dad telling me about the dangers of lightning, especially on our coast, and to be aware of um, knowing that even if you may not see a lot of clouds in the sky, but you know a thunderstorm is approaching, that lightning can still strike. What are three topics that you would recommend to people when it comes to severe weather? Well, again, it's good advice on the lightning, and the general advice for that is if you hear thunder, you're in range of the lightning. So start hearing thunder, you know, that's not the time to be out on the water, out in a golf course or place like that. Most people that are struck by lightning are doing some recreational activity. When you look at the statistics with that, um, that one there. And the other, the other one is like the don't, another don't is like if warnings are issued. Don't like linger about it. Don't go out looking for the tornado. Can I see the tornado coming? Or, you know, take action right away. If, you know, of course, if it doesn't hit you, hopefully it doesn't. That's a good little practice drill. And so that's another don't. And the other one is don't ignore the weather. And the other thing, that's what catches people off guard is they're not paying attention. They're not checking up on forecasts and stuff like, oh, wait, there's a storm coming and it's already here. You know, so those just staying informed is the key thing and knowing what to do.
That's right. And then I want to ask, too, I have another um, top three BP here. You spend so much time outside looking at the weather. I know it's something you pay a lot of attention to. Can you think of three of the most beautiful weather settings that you have seen throughout Flagler County? Anything come to mind? Yeah, actually, I can think of of several, uh, you know, back about 15 years ago, um, I was watching a thunderstorm off Flagler Beach um, at night, and it was far enough away that it was safe, but mm-hmm. the lightning was just incredible. It was doing all that spiderweb stuff across the sky and everything, and it was so frequent. It was you know, well out to sea. That was really cool. I've seen some really amazing rainbows around here, and probably one of the most unusual things I saw was in 1989, we actually had an ice storm with some very light snowfall, and just seeing, you know, the the ice crystal lull on the trees and everything and all that, that was quite surreal. So that that really sticks in my in my brain as well. I remember that in 1989, and it was right around Christmas. It was uh, December 22nd, 23rd, and uh, it was. And no, we don't have, you know, the capability of winter, you know, fighting winter storms here. So they essentially everything ground to a halt and we had power failures. Uh, the bridges were closed because, you know, ice bridges, ice first. And there was, we don't have any, you know, salt treatment or anything like that or treatment for that stuff. So we just had to kind of ride that one out. And, uh, that was a, the most significant winter event prior to 1977. There was a light snowfall here in 1977 that coated the ground. Um, the last time we had anything somewhat significant was in 2010. We had sleet that kind of piled up in a few places. Nothing really that you would ever, you know, make everything look white, but you can notice it on the rooftops and stuff like that. We can get those winter events here in Flagler County. They're exceptionally rare, but they do happen every once in a while. And what we're getting even more now in the summer are those heat events. Yes. And, you know, and that's, that's just the way weather's going. And, yeah. you know, that's, and matter of fact, those, uh, Extreme heat warnings. It's the first time they have ever been issued for Flagler County. We just didn't get one. We had a string of them for a while. So mm-hmm. uh, uh, it's, again, you know, staying hydrated. If it gets warm out, you know. And one of the products of an El Nino that was a little bit cooler than normal weather, and we've been seeing a lot of that. As, this, as those storm systems pass to the south, they drag that cooler air down and behind them. And that's one of the reasons we're saying that. But, but yeah, it's, it, though, there's been definitely some elemental change in, in some of the weather that's been ongoing. So wrapping up here in the last two minutes that we have, I just want to go over again um, to enroll in Alert Flagler. You can go to flaglercounty.gov slash emergency. Also follow at Flagler EOC on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's correct. And then always visit flaglercounty.gov slash emergencies for all updates because you keep it very updated on that Well, um, that and also just direct links to weather. You can actually get to all of our live weather stations across the county provided by WeatherStem. We have live cameras at Marineland, Hammock Bridge, uh, Hammock Bridge uh, uh, out on the west side of the county, out in Daytona North, um, uh, Hawk Creek Community Center, Reamer Ridge. So you, you can kind of get an idea of what's going on. It's live lightning and radar data on those as well. So you can see, get a good picture of what's going on uh, in Flagler County, temperature, stuff like that. It's a great, that's another great resource as well. Yes, that's great to check out. And I wasn't even aware that there were that many cameras out throughout yeah, Flagler County. Yeah, we have them, and uh, it's a partnership with WeatherStem, and we're looking to try to grow that as time goes on. So, uh, but it's another great, another great resource as well. 
Well, thank you, BP, for everything that you do for Flagler County. Oh, I absolutely love it. And thank you. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate that. Yes, we should do this more often. Yes, absolutely. Happy New Year, everybody. Thank you. you Yeah, Happy New Year, Flagler County. So this has been another edition of Flagler Health Matters. You can find past episodes of the show at flaglerbroadcasting.com slash podcast. And please give us a like on Facebook. I'm Jaffe Lee with the Florida Department of Health. Have a safe and wonderful weekend. The Florida Department of Health Flagler wants you to know that your Flagler school student is eligible for a no-cost eye exam and no-cost glasses if eligible in partnership with Florida Hiken Children's Vision Program, LLC. This annual no-cost eye exam is offered to every Flagler County school student who qualifies to participate. Parents and guardians of students pre-K through grade 12 can apply now by visiting www.floridahiken.org. That is spelled H-E-I-K-E-N. Registration is required. The statewide Florida Hiken Children's Vision Program mission is to ensure that all school-aged children who do not pass their vision screening have access to a comprehensive eye examination, including dilation and glasses if required, to give them the best chance at academic success. These no-cost services are offered statewide. And the Florida Department of Health Flagler, in partnership with Flagler Schools, is proud to bring this program to you. Apply now by visiting www.floridahiken.org or call 386-313-7069 for more information. Dear Miami Lighthouse Hiking Children's Vision Program, I am so glad you gave me these glasses. I can see better now. Now I can copy from the board without making any mistakes. I can see very clearly with the glasses. Thank you. In the event of a weather emergency, such as a flood or a major storm, being prepared can keep you and your loved ones safe and ease some of the immediate challenges you might face. You can start by preparing an emergency supply kit. In your kit, include plenty of unused batteries, important documents such as insurance paperwork, extra cash, a properly stocked first aid kit, a flashlight, one gallon of drinking water per person per day for at least three days, healthy canned and long-lasting foods such as beans, canned tuna, oranges, and dried fruit with a manual can opener, an all-hazard weather radio, and any additional or special items that may be needed by infants, people with medical conditions, or pets. If you lose power, eat your perishable food from the refrigerator first while it's still cold. Then eat your emergency foods. For additional tips, please download our emergency preparedness guide at www.floridahealth.gov. Are you looking for a new career that will offer growth, learning, and the ability to help your local community? Look no further than the Florida Department of Health Flagler in Benal. We are hiring. Working for the state of Florida is more than a paycheck. We offer a total compensation package for employees that features a highly competitive set of benefits for qualifying jobs, including annual leave and sick leave, nine paid holidays, state group insurance coverage options, including health, life, dental, and vision, retirement plan options, including employer contributions, tuition waivers, flexible spending accounts, and more. Are you looking for a job in the dental field? 
we're hiring. Are you looking for a job in the business sector? We're hiring. Our positions start above the current minimum wage. Go to jobs.myflorida.com and search for jobs today using Benell or 32110. Again, that's jobs.myflorida.com and find your Florida Department of Health Flagler job today.